Uh, if you open your Bibles to the book of Philippians, we were there last week. Philippians chapter 3. Amen. We left one. We're in chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Philippians chapter 3. You know, a lot of people think they know God. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, it's amazing how much we don't know. And um, this is why you come to church. You come to church to learn more about God. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I'm, for whom I have suffered the loss of what all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I might gain Christ. I want to talk about this morning. The questions that changes everything. The questions that changes everything. Amen? Come on, let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for your word. Use me now for your glory. Forgive me of my sins, Lord, and allow me, Lord, to preach with clarity, conviction, and power. Touch the hearts and the minds of your people now. Speak, Father. We're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God you may be seated in the presence of God. Last week I talked about what changes everything. Uh, We've been talking about, Lord, change me. Amen. Last week I told you that there are five things that's needed for change. What you need for change. Today, thank you, ushers. Today, I want to talk about the questions that changes everything. Oftentimes, If you ask good questions in life, you will get good answers. (laughs) And oftentimes in life, what I found out is that we do not ask good questions. And I'm talking about questions that can change you, that can help you to discover certain things in your life. Sometimes we just ignore that we have issues. 
rather than asking the real questions like why? Uh, what? How? Uh, a lot of us have goals in life. But the reason we haven't achieved those goals is because we haven't asked the question, how can I get to those goals? We come up with different ideas as to what we want to do, but we don't ask the right questions. Asking good questions is productive. Amen. It's positive. It's also creative. Because asking questions gives you the hypotheticals. It gives you a vision as to what could be. Amen. And yet people do not ask enough good questions. And one of the things about change, and this is why I said questions, amen, that changes everything because a lot of us want to change, but we haven't asked the question why. <laughs> I know I want to change, but we haven't asked the question, how? Come on, somebody. And the reason why we keep finding ourselves reverting back to where we don't want to be, and the reason why our change is so stagnated is because we haven't asked the right questions. Come on, somebody. You see... If you want to change, you must start asking not just the good questions, but the tough questions, the reality questions, the important questions that will move you and I to change. I want to change, but I found out is that what I found out is that I have not asked the right questions. You see, I told you last week, the one thing, a couple things that change, well, I told you the five things that changes everything. Number one, I told you, your association changes everything. Who you associate yourself with and what you associate yourself with changes what? Everything. I told you, secondly, that your commitment changes what? Everything. Your character changes everything. Your calling changes everything. And lastly, I told you your Christian growth. Listen, if you are a Christian in here today, a born again believer, and you are not growing spiritually, you are not going to change. Ding dong. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. See, a lot of people say they, they love God and they know God, but they don't go to church. Amen. Now, my question is, how can you be saved and not go to church? Now, now I'm just saying, because here's the thing, right? If you have a relationship with God, you must have fellowship with God. And the only way that God can change you 
is if you bring yourself every week before him so that he can work on you. Come on, somebody. Now, 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 now somebody said, well, pastor, you know what it is? It's sin. <laughs> Amen. Sin separates us from God, right? Watch this. Adam and Eve in the garden, right? When they had sinned, right, God came walking in the garden a cool day and said, hey, y'all, where y'all at? He's coming for fellowship, right? And, and they're hiding. For the first time, God had to use this language. Adam, where are you? That's a question. And if you look through scripture, you'll find out that God always asks the right questions. Come on, somebody. Now, I want to change. And I want things to be different in my life. But there are some tough decisions, amen, but there are some tough questions that I have to answer. But when I answer these questions, I have to realize that here's the thing, that, that, that I got to commit to the answer. Oh, come on, somebody. Because there are a lot of people answering the question, but they're not committing to what the, what the answer is, amen, in their personal lives. And so we find here in our passage that Paul now writes. And I told you he's writing to the Philippian church, right? I told you that now in chapter 1, Paul was encouraging these people, these Philippian saints. I told you they were sold out. They were, they were in love with Paul. Paul was in love with them. They, listen, it was awesome. In chapter 2, Paul gave them an example of how to live and please God. If you read chapter 2, you'll see he tells them how to please God. But in chapter 3, we have some problems. Circumstances came up. If you look at verse 1 of chapter 3, he says, Finally, brethren, there it is. Rejoice where? He says, Rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again in no, is, is no trouble to me. And it is a safeguard for you. <laughs> but the language changes in verse 2. Now, the Bible is deep. I mean, it's so deep, you'll never reach the end of it. But if you really look at the, verse 2, you're like, man, what kind of language is that? Look what he says. He says, beware of what? Oh, my. Uh, who let the dogs out? Roof, roof. <laughs> In the church, let me say this. The church is always under attack. I wish I had somebody. The dogs that he's referring to there are false teachers that were coming in trying to get them to lose focus. He says, I want you to beware of dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of false circumstance, circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in spirit of, the God, of God and the glory of Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Paul was warning them to be careful where you get your spiritual food. Because there are some people who will project things in your life. Watch this. They may appear spiritual, but it's a false conversion. 
They'll tell you you got to do this and that. Or, you know, God, you know, God's not concerned about, don't worry about that. You just ask for forgiveness. You follow what I'm saying? I want to change. I don't want to conform. I want to change. I don't want to look like a Christian. I want to be a Christian. You, you follow what I'm saying? I, I, listen, I don't want to be, I, I, I don't want to, at the end of my life, when I stand before God, he said, man, you were nothing. You, you didn't do nothing. You, you, you pretended real well. You looked good on Sunday. You sounded good on Sunday. But guess what? When Monday came, you didn't live it. And so what he's saying, I want you to beware of these people because let me say this, evil workers will come. Whenever you set out for change, somebody is already 10 steps ahead of you trying to derail you from your change. And so these are the things that you have to ask. You have to ask the right questions. The questions, the questions, the questions that changes everything. Paul was telling them in chapter 3, he was given the cure for discouragement. Listen, from the moment that you made a decision that you wanted to change, Satan was already after you. You ever notice that? Some of you were trying to come back. Some of you were trying, come on somebody. Some of you were trying to implement some stuff and then, and then one thing happened that threw you off. And guess what? That thing that you said you were going to change, it's still there. You hadn't changed it yet. Why haven't you changed it yet? Because, because guess what? The moment you make a decision to change, watch this, Satan knows you're going to get better. And so what does he do? He sends false teachers, evil workers. What does it say? Uh, let me say this to you. You know what we start doing? Putting confidence in our flesh. Because I have accomplished, oh, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Because I have accomplished some stuff. Guess what? Now I'm, I'm swag. I got swag. Come on, somebody. You know, don't give a person just a little change. Boy, they go crazy on you. Look, 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 look what he said. Look, 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 well, look what he says next. He says, if anyone else, verse 4, has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, he says, I far more. Now watch, watch what Paul does now. Paul gives his pedigree. Paul now says, okay, because what was happening is there were these super preachers. Amen. These charismatic preachers that can say it loud and, you know what I mean, got everybody all hyped and stuff like that. Paul said, all right, they got confidence, check me out. Let me, let me, let me add my name to the list right quick. Let me show you something. Look what he said. He says, he says, look what he says. He says, uh, yeah, if any, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Matter of fact, he's saying, shoot, I'm better than you. Watch what he says. He says, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, shoot, a persecutor of the church, and as to, right, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found what? Blameless. Paul says, here's my pedigree. I am so fly, you can't touch me. 
See, most people put so much confidence in their, watch this, in their career and their title, and they think that's change. I wish I had somebody. They think that, you know what, I have arrived at a certain, uh, uh, you know, level, I, I, you know, in, in my company or in my, in my career that now, you know what I mean, I got all this confidence, but you know what, it amounts to nothing because you're still the same person you were, unregenerated, unsaved, doing the same old thing, and you're still miserable. You may have, you may appear to the world to have accomplished some stuff. Yeah, listen, I'm not slighting you for going back. Go back to school. Get your stuff. Amen. Do your thing. Get your degree. But make sure while you're getting your degree, you're changing internally. Amen. And don't put so much confidence in the flesh. The flesh will disappoint you. Right? So let's look. Let's see. Let's see. The question today is, are you ready to answer the question that changes everything? Are you ready? Are you all ready? All right. Okay. Are you willing to go beyond the surface to discover what needs to change? And lastly, are you ready for change? Let's look at it. Paul says now in verse 17, verse 7 now, after he talked about, you know, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, and all, his accomplishments. Look what he says next. He says, but whatever things were what? Gained to me. The things that Paul had accumulated from his past is what he was talking about. His education, his status, even his depravity. He defined himself, watch this, as a prideful man. So the first question we need to ask, that's going to change everything. Cut the lights down. What's that question? know you built an empire empire I know you didn't, I, I know you didn't set yourself listen but Paul says all of that stuff that I brought with me from my past he says it means nothing see saints I'm asking a question today how do you define yourself is it only by what you do or what you have accomplished in life? He says, whatever things were gained, that, this word means one whose endeavors to gain by, by watch this, by, by, unbe by an unbecoming means. In other words, he was saying, I did all kinds of stuff in my past. And I gained a lot of stuff. I gained respect. I gained money. I gained, I, I, listen, I benefited from what I was doing. See, most of us are defining ourselves by what we do and what we have. 
Our cars give us a status. Our zip code gives us a status. But the question I have for you today, for the sake of, you know what? You know, you know what? Sometimes you may have to let go of that house. I don't think you're hearing me. You, you may have to let go of that car. You're going to have to let go of those toys because that's the very thing that's stopping you from changing. What if God was to strip you of all that? Come here, Job. See, when Job was stripped of everything, he was willing to answer that question. I let that go. He says, naked I came in, naked I'm going to go out. Bless the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, that's what we have to get rid of is the smoke screens. Because sometimes the things that we're holding on to, it could be a person that's stopping you from your change. He says, he says, he says, whatever, whatever, whatever. Listen, he was, he, now he was willing to let it go for God. And my question to you today is, is your change that important to you that you're willing to let go of some of those people from your past? That you're willing to let go of some of the statuses that you have accumulated or, your, or the things that you've accumulated from the past? Amen. Are you willing to erase or get rid of the black book? Uh-oh. They ain't got black books no more. They got cell phones with passwords. Are you willing to change your phone number? Y'all ain't trying to hear me. See, y'all ain't trying to hear me. See, keeping your old phone number keeps you connected to your past. What I'm asking you today is do you want to change? And the question is what are you willing to let go of? And may I say this to you? It's not a secret what it is because you already know what it is. And are you willing to let it go? Are you willing to let it go so that you can change? See, only when you can let go, let the things of the world go, will God, watch this, will then and only then will you see a tremendous change in your life. What am I willing to Turn to them and say, what are you willing to let go of? You already know what it is, neighbor. Pride. Procrastination. Some of you, you know what? That's the reason why you're not changing. Procrastination. You procrastinate so much, it sounds like the truth. <laughs> it does. It sounds like truth to you. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah, amen. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and then all of a sudden you find yourself doing nothing. But you're still saying, Lord, change me. Come on, give God a praise, y'all. We're still saying, Lord, change me. But we ain't moving. <laughs> Amen. Look what he says. Look what he says. Whatever things were gained to me, watch what he says. Those things, my gosh, I have counted 
as what? As loss. The word loss means damaged. For the what? For the what? For the sake of Christ. Let me ask you something now. Here's the next question. I'll just give you the next question. You know, I talk a lot about marijuana and stuff. <laughs> you know, you know, to say the shepherd know the flock. <laughs> but my question to you is, what are you willing to give up for God, for Christ? See, he did not put a value on his status. He did not put a value on how people treated him because he was a high official. That meant nothing. He says, you know what? All those things I gained, and I gained a lot of stuff. I count it as what? Loss. You know why it's a loss? Because it's damaged. And you can't change with damaged goods. You can't change if you're not willing to give it up for the sake of Christ. Listen, I, I, Paul realized that all he had accomplished in his life did not amount to anything. If we're going to change, turn to them and say, we're going to have to give up some stuff. <laughs> You're going to put the, uh, the PlayStation down? I ain't talking to nobody. You got to put the cell phone down sometimes because it's an idol. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to put some of your toys down because guess what's happening? It's not making you better. Come on, somebody. The question is, what are you willing to give up for him? And Christ is the only one that can bring change to your life. But guess what? You got to give something up. Matter of fact, you got to give everything up. Amen. He says, if anyone desire to come after me, let him what? Deny himself. See, see, see what I'm saying? Deny him, ah, ah, ah. Deny himself and pick up his. Take up his cross and follow me. You know what, you know what, you know what the responsibility of bearing this cross there's a lot of responsibility. Listen, here's the thing. You, you, can't, you can't stop the things you, you want to stop until you decide, I'm, I'm not going to hold that, I'm going to hold the cross. Oh, what? What you got to do, you got to nail it to the cross. You got to take that whatever it is and nail it to the cross so that you can gain Christ. He says, those things that I gained, I count them, but what? I count it as what? Loss for the sake. I ask you something.
Here's a question. How come you're not closer to him? Is it the stuff that you're holding? What are you willing to give up for him? See, that changed, that, that, that question right there changed my life. Because when I, when I was still smoking cigarettes, I was like, man, give up that? I ain't giving up that bottle. I we talked about that thing. We had that safety bottle. We got rid of all the reticence bottle, but we had that one bottle up in the cabinet way tucked in the back. Amen. That, that, that when stuff got tough, Seriously, you know, you know, seriously, when I stopped drinking, it was because of Christ. Because I said, I want to change. I no longer want to live like that. So, Lord, you got to take it. And a lot of us have these little addictions and little, um, you know, um, vices and things like that. You know, it's not always smoking and drinking, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I'm food. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You got little things you like doing. You know what I mean? And the other day I went to the store and I, and I was going to get the whole bag of trail mix. I said, no, nah, I'm going to get the single pack. I'm not going to be gluttonous. I'm going to take a, just to single packs. You follow what I'm saying? So I could proportion how I eat it. I don't think you're hearing me. See, see here's the thing. You know, the question is, what are you willing to give up? Listen, stop holding on to it. It means nothing. Seriously, you have to count it as loss, period. This is damage. It ain't no good. You know what? We need to put this by the side of the road today. Right? Look what he said. Look what he goes on to say. He says, I've counted all loss for the sake of Christ. I'm coming to close. Verse 8, he says, more than that, the things that he had gained, I count all things to be what? Loss in view. You know what that word loss means? A deficit. (laughs) He's not gaining anything from it anymore. Ask yourself a question. You want to change, right? But you're holding on to whatever that is. Are you gaining anything from it? Is it making you better? Is it changing you? Is it transforming? It may transform you a little bit, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Amen. But, but only for a moment, right? Look what he said. He says, I, I count all things to be lost in view of the what? Surpassing what? Value, watch this now, of what? Knowing. Knowing who? Christ Jesus my Lord. So the next thing is, next question is, what's the question? Man, if God was to really hold us accountable for saying we love him, man, we wouldn't be here. Seriously. 
He says the most valuable thing to me is knowing him. When I saw those people from our church at the seminary this week, I said, man, they're in my sermon. Because they're willing to go the neck to the, how many want to take it to the next level? You, you ever been in a relationship, right? Y'all go out to eat. <laughs> Amen. Right? A couple times, three, four, six times. Sometimes it take a little longer than that. And then you say, you know what? I want to take it to the next level. Amen. That's marriage I'm talking about. <laughs> y'all better, y'all, see, y'all minds are so all over the place. Come on, y'all. Keep it clean. We got kids up in here. All right? You want to take it to the next level. Right? That person becomes of value to you. And whatever is of value to you, listen, we need, can I just say, can I say it? We need to stop playing with Jesus. Acting like we like him when we don't. We don't. Because if we really did, we would be here before the doors open. Because this is where we meet him every week. We would commit to ministry. We would serve him. What? Can I ask them? What's the value? I know your children are valuable. And some of you parents will do anything, including myself, for my kids. I'll do anything for my kids. I don't tell them that. <laughs> Amen, right? Because it's what? It's a value. But the question is, what do you value the most? The most is what I'm asking you. Your values, watch this. You ready for this? Write this down. Put this on trivia time. All right, don't put this on trivia time. Give it to them a week later. They ain't going to remember anyways. <laughs> it ain't valuable. <laughs> watch this. Listen, you come here every week to hear me preach. Every week. But you, you ready for this statement? This is going to bless you. If I don't say nothing today, this is the most valuable thing I said today. Your values reflect your lifestyle. What you value the most reflects your lifestyle. Amen. If you value him, he will be Lord over your life. But what happens to us once Monday clicks around, I mean Sunday evening, our value systems show up. I think we talked to the leaders about that yesterday. The question is, look, what, look at the text. I just want to read the text. He says, more than that, what I gained in the world, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value. That's value. of But what, what does he value the most? May I ask you something? Do you know him? Do you know him to the point that if you just open your mouth and say, Daddy, I need, uh, need $1,000 to pay my bills, and then all of a sudden, it happens. But not just for what he can do. Daddy, you know what? I don't have no peace right now. Daddy, would you, Daddy, would you give me some peace? See, see, here's the thing. When you know God, you know how he gives you peace. 
When you know God, you know how he makes a way out of no way. When you know God, you know you don't have to worry about anything because why weeping may endure for what? But what? See, and the only way that can really be actual in your life is if you really know him. He says the most valuable thing that you can gain in this life is to get to know Jesus. I don't mind calling his name. I don't mind talking about him. You know why I don't mind talking about him? Because Jesus is the only one, baby, that can change you. The only one. But he says the most valuable thing in his life is to know Jesus. Watch what he says next. My Lord. See, here's the thing. I think our priorities are wrong. Job comes first. Then family. (laughs) Amen. Because see, I need a job to take care of my family. Don't you know he owns everything? See, when you know that, you don't worry. When you know him, you're not going to trip. When you know him, guess what you're going to do? You're just going to believe and you're going to trust because you have the most valuable thing in the entire world. you got more than Donald Trump. you got more than the richest man in the world. The fact that we know Jesus. But here's the thing. What are you willing to do to know more? Ah, those, those people that came to seminary, I'm so proud of y'all. Because seminary is when you take it to another level. Watch this, watch this, watch this. He says, for whom I have what? Verse 8. I'm coming to close. I'm over my time. He says, for whom I have what? Suffered. Now, let me say this to you. It's going to cost you something to change. It sure is. And guess what? You're going to suffer. And just because you go maybe a week without what you had, what you, what you thought you had or what you, ex- what you are accustomed to having. Come on, somebody. You know what God is doing when he does that, when he allows that in your life? He's trying to get you to understand that you don't put your trust in things. The status that you have means nothing. I I am accustomed to living a certain lifestyle. But guess what? I don't have no problem if I have to change that lifestyle. For the cause of Christ. Come on, somebody. But a lot of us got a problem with that. Shoot, don't go a week without having money in your pocket. Like, shoot, man. Something strange, Pastor. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's rough. Think about that for a minute. Who got you to this point? Huh? Was it you? Nobody but who? So let me let me let me let me let me let you up. He said, "He says, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things." And count them, but what? You know what that word rubbish means? Something you throw to the dogs. (laughs) 
That's what he was saying. Listen, something that you throw to the dogs. So the next point is, the next question actually. Boy, it's quiet. I can hear the church mounts. I can hear the church mouse. They, they, they clapping in the back. What's the next point? Man, that's deep, ain't it? Paul says, I count them things as rubbish. You want my car? Take it. You want my bank account? Take it. Whatever I've gained, because guess what? The only reason I have it is because God gave it to me. But if it is hindering my relationship with God, it's got to what? Geo. Some of us have not sacrificed anything. You don't even feel no pain about your progress. That's when you know you're changing. See, life is not just supposed to be always, you know, sacrifice. He sacrificed everything, watch this, for you. Come on, somebody, come on. You ought to tell God thank you right there. You ought to tell him really thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for sacrificing for me. Paul says, listen, I count that. See, what I'm trying to say to you is stop putting so much value on the things that you have. It will not last. We can't bury you in your car. I mean, we can. (laughs) If you want, we'll do that. (laughs) She can't take it with you. What are you willing to sacrifice to know him? To change. And then he says, look what he says. He says, I count them but rubbish so that I may what? So that I may what? You notice what Paul was after? Knowing Christ, gaining Christ. Last point, I'm going to sit down. What's the last point? What are you willing to do to win? May I tell you when you know, let me tell you when you know you've won. When you have an intimate, committed, sold out, sacrificed relationship with Jesus Christ. That's when you know you've won. The question is, What are you willing to do to win? You know, uh, Leonardo da Vinci uh, painted the the picture of the Lord's Supper. And he brought his friend over and he said, I want you to take a look at it. Tell me what you see. He says, man, that cup is beautiful. He said, hold up, man. He got his brush, and he painted out the cup. He said, this is what he says. He says, nothing in my painting shall attract more attention than the face of my master. Oh, I wish I had somebody. 
You see, how we all need to be careful of distractions. You see, our focus should be upon Jesus first. Hey, can I tell you something? He's the answer. I can give you a whole lot of psychological things to do. But without Jesus, we have nothing. And today as I close, can you answer those questions? Are you ready to give the answers today? What are you willing to let go of today? I'm talking about today. Because you've been saying, I want to change. What are you willing to give up? What do you value the most? What are you willing to sacrifice? And lastly, what are you willing to do today?